on the TV, on the radio, and even social media. Everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Hello and welcome to the best of Master Debaters. I'm Dennis Foley. Each week, our debaters from a wide variety of backgrounds come here to Master Debaters to see if they truly are the best arguer out there. A judge who no one knows then assesses scores based on how much they like those arguments. Tonight, we're taking a look back at some of the recent highlights in the show, showcasing, if you will, the prowess or lack of prowess our master or wannabe master debaters performed. As airlines say more needs to be done to stop the growing problem of unruly passengers, the TSA says it will again help train flight crews to fight back. Amid so many reports of violence on board planes from unruly passengers, including a Southwest flight attendant who had her tooth knocked out and other flight attendants who have gone into physical combat with passengers recently, the TSA announcing it is restarting flight crew self-defense training next month. The training had been on hold because of COVID. In the classes, federal air marshals teach flight crew members tactics for de-escalating an attack and onboard self-defense. Alex Stone, ABC News. So what skills do you think flight attendants should have when dealing with unruly passengers? Maybe skills they don't currently have. We'll start with Guy, 30 seconds. They shouldn't have any skills because they shouldn't have to deal with this. This is ridiculous. I hate flying as it is, and I fly from... Australia to America, which is a 15-hour flight, which is ironic. I hate being in a little tube over the Pacific Ocean, 12 miles in the air in the middle of the dark. So unruling passengers just making my time worse. They should be actually banned from flying. They shouldn't be allowed to fly anymore for a certain amount of time. So the flight attendants only have to go through this once. All right, Rob, your 30-second argument. All I need is an angry flight attendant practicing some kind of Krav Maga move in the middle of the night. I don't need flight attendants knowing karate or some kind of self-defense method. Uh, give them, I can't even imagine how this is going to help. Let's just add more firearms and more, more weapons in the sky. Let's have everybody just grapple. You put your fourth, your best flight attendant. We'll put forth our best flyer. We'll go to town. Winner, winner owns the air. Uh, I, no, I don't want any flight attendant learning to beat me up. And James, your 30-second arguments. you planning to be unruly on a flight anytime soon, Rob? Is that what I'm hearing out of this? Should I be concerned if I ever have to fly with you again? I'm about it. Take these guys, let them bleed black belts. I want to see them go Harrison Ford, Air Force One, Liam Neeson and nonstop, Nicolas Cage and Con Air. Teach them to defend themselves because I just recently went on a flight right after Southwest took alcohol back away from the trips that was a horrible flight i like to have a drink and then take a nap on my flight and they were depriving me of that maybe if they know self-defense i can have my drinks back so uh what are your guys thoughts on maybe some competitive you know like karate matches or jujitsu between the airlines see uh there we go <laughs> that'd be great tv wouldn't it so Delta versus southwest <laughs> for the intercontinental championship belt on espn the ocho <laughs> uh, Kareem, what scores do you want to give them? Uh, zero to twenty. 
I'm going to start with the ones I don't disagree with. Uh, Rob, I'm sorry, but I do think they should have some self-defense training. So I have to give you a nine. Uh, Guy, I will agree with you that I do think they should be banned, but, you know, they only get banned because they attack a flight attendant. Not quite what I want to hear. So I'm giving you a 13. James, you're in the lead. I'm giving you a nice, solid 18. So you guys want to guess who, at this current point in the show, is trailing the other debaters? I think I'm going to go zero last time. The answer is James Pledger. He has the fewest points right now. So the topic, researchers in Britain have come out with a list of the words that are the most annoying to hear mispronounced. The number one irritant, pronouncing the word specifically as specifically, followed by probably instead of probably, and ordering an espresso instead of an espresso. Reality check, this is a nation that pronounces the word aluminum, aluminium. And although 61% of the Brits surveyed said that they find mispronunciations annoying, 65% admit they're too embarrassed to correct them. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. So the question for this four-minute melee, what mispronounced word drives you the most crazy? It's a four-minute argument for all three of you. James Pledger gets a 15-second head start, which begins now. Oh, man, there were some good ones just in that piece. Uh, aluminium? That would drive me bonkers uh, if I heard that regularly. But specifically? Really? There, there's an S there. You have to pronounce the S. It's specifically. Specifically, you have to pronounce the S when spell uh, when saying the word specifically. I think that if you're going specifically, I'm thinking you're talking about the Pacific Ocean and that's just not great. So, I mean, there's a ton of words that, and things like that that just get on my n- nerves. Like in text, people putting the wrong your into a into a sentence really irks me and grinds my gears a whole lot. But that's more written word uh, frustration than verbal. But, yeah, specifically being pronounced specifically, I haven't heard it. But just hearing it in that clip drove me insane. And uh, the first thought I had was, this is about the Pacific Ocean. Oh, wait, well, I no, can it's tell not. you this. For all intensive purposes, there are a lot of things that drive me crazy, like intensive. It's intense and purposes, not intensive purposes. That's what drives me crazy above anything else. And then as far as we're going to mispronunciation, I, some of those I understand are ignorance. I hate the overpronouncers, ones that hit every syllable or maybe put the wrong emphasis on a different syllable, or maybe they're rolling their R's in any of your favorite Spanish words. If you're in, if you're ordering enchiladas, just say enchiladas, man. You don't have to overpronounce it. Overpronouncing, I'll put it to you, is worse than mispronouncing because you're being, I don't know, maybe for all intensive purposes, a jerk. <laughs> I can relate to this because I, I have no idea what is the right pronunciation. Because I've lived 18 years of my life in Australia, and I've lived 18 years of my life in America, and I go back and forth, and someone is always accusing me of doing something. Someone's accusing me in Australia of being too American. Someone in, in America is accusing me of not being able to pronounce American words because I say it like I'm Australian. So I have no idea. But the one thing that does annoy me, and this is probably the correct way to say it, so I apologize, I say details. I hate when people say details. I don't know why. It just irks the hell out of me. Well, it's, 
it's in the details. And good, Rob. I don't know why you have a thing against Mexican restaurants. And when we have the our Mexican landlord on with us, that's probably not in good taste. But I'm telling you, if I'm going to a Mexican restaurant and I order the salsa verde, I'm pronouncing it salsa verde because it's fun when you have roll your R. Have your place a big, big plate of salmon. Have some of that. Oh, Head over and have oh. some salmon in February, and uh, maybe make it oh, on a February. Windedness day. I say often. What do you guys say? Often? Isn't the T silent? It annoys me when people say often. Only in uh, small outposts in southern Australia do you say ten. often. Well, I'm from Southern Australia. That's the state I'm from originally, and I say often. <laughs> What about your uh, What about your other uh, place of uh, living now in Cabo, Mexico? When people don't say Mexico, they say Mexico or Mexico. Like Mexico. it's Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> there are the, yeah. The, the, I, don't, I don't know what I'm saying there, but there are some great ne- Mexican restaurants near my new rental place. You can all hit me up later if you want to know about them. But I don't oh, know speaking what. Speaking of saying. Mexico, another one that bothers me. I heard it. A few weeks ago, when I was up in uh, Colorado, somebody called it Baja. They were oh, trying to say Baja. Baja. <laughs> well, yeah, then Baja. they're not going to get any free jolies when they get down to Baja. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, to kind of pull out one thing I think Rob brought out uh, um, that I kind of want to dig into a little bit further. Do you guys prefer the anglicized word uh, versions of words or pronunciations of words, or do you try to go the the authentic or the original language version of a word? You know, like whether it's enchiladas or um, other variants, like a tortilla. Sure, yeah. Do you say tortilla or do you say tortilla? <laughs> you know, I feel entirely uncomfortable over pronouncing foreign languages. I, I feel like as an American, it is my job to uh, bastardize what they do. And change it to our version. So, no, I don't like saying enchiladas. It's enchiladas to me. Uh, I, I don't like going with the flow, and that's completely an American, ugly American ideal. If you go to France, uh, the French hate me <laughs> because I refuse to pronounce anything correctly, and it, it drives them up the wall. It's just the, the most typical American thing to do is to is to bastardize and take advantage of uh, other folks' languages and, and take it for our own. So I, I have no problem with it. You know, I have it. I have this small issue, and it's a personal issue that I'm trying to work past. But I have a small problem of, like, say, our friend Guy, who is Australian, and if he were to say "Good day, mate," I would return "Good day, mate," like just out of force of habit. Like it's habitual to hear it a certain way and just respond the same way. Well, and amazing. I do that. <laughs> I I don't know why I do that. But it's just something that I've always done because I hear it and then I just immediately retort it. And guy, I, Rob was you know, saying that it's Ameri- it's an American thing to bastardize words. Is is it really an American thing? No, 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 no. Americans actually the ones. I mean, I've lived everywhere in America, and they they love the American accent and they don't bash it. They're just fascinated by different pronunciations. Really? And so am I. I like to get I like to get called out on things. Because I've lived half my life in each country, I forget what's what goes with each country, you know. So that, they, they just think it's funny. No one bashes me. Okay, so- I'm curious, guy. Uh, for those in Australia, can you tell the different regions by how they pronounce specific things? 
Sorry, you broke up there. Uh, I was curious. Uh, you said you were some, from the southern part of the country. Yeah. Uh, if, if you were traveling around, and uh, I don't know what words to use, but is there different pronunciations, much, much like the southern and the northern accents that we have here in the United States? Are there certain words that are very different depending on the region you're in in Australia? They're not different words. It's just different dialect. Like where I'm from, South Australia, it's more like Queen's English. We say like advance and chance, mm -hmm. advance, Australia fair. New South Wales, like Sydney, Queensland, they'll say advance and chance and dance, where I'll say dance. So, that, that, so there's only just stuff like that. So it's a lot like being in Texas and saying, I'm going to go to the car and drive to the bar, where in Boston or in the Northeast, they're like, I'm going to take my car to the bar. Yeah, some people have actually said the Boston accent similar to Australian accent. Some people have actually asked if I'm from Boston before. Is that crazy? <laughs> That's crazy. So, Kareem, what... The Northeastern accent is very distinctive. What scores do you want to give our three debaters for this argument, negative 100 to 100? First, I have my own word, and it's more of a regionality pronunciation. While in this city, in Texas, we pronounce... It roof. I've lived in parts of the country where they pronounce it rough. Oh yeah, rough, and it drives oh, me yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I've experienced <laughs> that as well. Name, I'm not going to name any particular person who may say that on a particular radio station, but maybe some of you do. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> so let's go ahead and start with Guy. I think that um, you probably had the lot, least amount going on in that conversation. Uh, I'm going to have to give you a negative 35. Wow. Hardcore. Yep. Wow. Like, we got like negative to 100 to 100. There's like a yeah. lot of numbers there. And then you James, just me out of you're coming up next. Um, James, you're coming up next. I'm actually going to go ahead and give you 25. And Rob, I think that you had the most fun with this argument. And, uh, Yes, we, we, we all love the opportunity to uh, ruin a Frenchman's day. So I'm going to give you a 52. <laughs> the best of Mash Debaters continues next, right here on San Antonio's News Talk Station, 550 KTSA and FM 1071. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. This is the best of Master Debaters, a look back at some of the best and not-so-best arguments on the show. You want to make a splash on Twitter? You have a better chance of getting noticed by saying something angry or insulting. A new study from DePaul and Harvard Universities looked at the impact of both positive and negative tweets from news organizations of various political leanings. The study examined 140,000 tweets from 44 different news organizations. It found that for both right-leaning and left-leaning media, negative news spreads farther through the current Twitter network than positive news. And as a result, for news organizations, negativity is more frequent and more impactful than positivity. That's correspondent Matt Piper. So be honest. Do you use this topic in your social media endeavors? We're going to start with Matt Napolitano, 30 seconds. I mean, I'm not a huge social media person to begin with. I really mainly use Twitter for work. 
Instagram to occasionally scroll. I don't even have a Facebook anymore. And that's just mainly why I don't have any of these real social media outlets. It's just I can't stand hearing opinions that are just so ludicrous, that are only there just to stir chaos, and coming from people who really don't know much about the topic. And yet here I find myself actually discussing this topic, so I'm kind of contradicting myself. That being said, do what you want to do on social media, but don't make it about attacking somebody else, because that just makes you the worst. Looking at you, Chrissy Teigen. All right, uh, Alex, your 30 seconds. So I would say I have a question about this because I feel like Instagram is the opposite of all of this. Instagram is where everyone goes to be relentlessly positive about their lives. I'm scrolling through Instagram and everyone's like, you know, they've, they're six pounds lighter than they are in real life. And they've got like three more babies than they even have. And like, they're all drinking rosé and just like all kinds of strange uh, anomalies going on on Instagram. And I feel like that's a popular social network that people seek out. So I don't know about this negativity there, but... Everywhere else, sure. That's just human nature. Miho, your 30 seconds. Um, well, as someone who has eight Instagram accounts on their phone and four Twitter accounts, um, <laughs> I don't I like I love the chaos. Like, bring it on. Like, and as far as being negative, like we human race has been negative since the dawn of time. So, like, yeah, I. I use my Twitter accounts um, to give me both positive and negative news, and I enjoy the chaos, um, especially in a day-to-day life where I'm just in front of a computer. I go to Twitter, and I let it sink into my soul. All right. So, uh, KTSA Research Robots, can you spit up some scores? Initiate 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, Seems gonna come up 5, with. 4, 3, 2, 1. It was horrifying New Year's Eve ever. <laughs> Matt, it's giving you a nine. Hey. Alex, it's giving you a 15. What? And Miho, what? it's giving you a five. What the hell? It's rigged. <laughs> Our uh, next <laughs> argument comes from Miho with your 60 seconds starting now. All right, so my topic is that T Pain is a top 10 most influential artist of the last 20 years. And point number one, he rhymed mansion with Wisconsin. So, yeah, talking about dictionary earlier, right? Um, but he also, like, there was auto-tune and voice changing in the past with, like, um, um, Zap, um, right? And so, but he, like, brought auto-tune to the forefront. And without him, like, Kanye wouldn't have made 808s and Heartbreaks. The Weeknd wouldn't have made uh, his infamous House of Balloons. And he also, like, teamed up with Lonely Island and gave him their biggest hit, I'm on a Boat, which spurred Andy Samberg. And he also, like, uh, gave rise to, like, Future, the rapper, which he dated Sierra. Um, and then he cheated on her. And then she dated Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson hasn't won a Super Bowl since he started dating her. Like, it's all, like... <laughs> Yeah, he's influential. Uh, Alex, you have the first challenge. 30 seconds. I just wanted to concur. I was worried you weren't going to mention Lonely Island. Uh, and I think that contribution alone puts him on the 10 most influential artists list. A list that I assume can sort of uh, include many people. Uh, maybe even more than 10 people. But yeah, buy you a drink, bartender. Plus, he has a lovely voice. He just has a style that he likes. Like, he, if he wanted to sing without the auto-tune, he could do it. But he has a style, he has a vibe, and I think 
like musically, that's always fun to hear. So I am grateful for the music. And Matt, your 30 second challenge. Yeah, it's amazing to think how many songs he was on back in the day. Like every song was featuring T-Pain, Usher with T-Pain, Pitbull with T-Pain. He was on everything back in the day. And the fact of the matter is, the guy actually can sing. I don't know if you saw the first season of The Matt Singer. He won while dressed in a monster costume. He beat Gladys Knight. So the guy's got talent. Beyond the fact that he's had such an imprint on pop culture through what he's done with Autotune. Autotune was there before him. It's going to exist after him. I think people got to lay off T-Pain. I think he deserves a little bit more respect than he's gotten. Miho, your 30-second rebuttal. No, I'm, I'm just glad everybody kind of agrees with me. <laughs> so this is good. He enough. doesn't deserve the hate. Yeah, I hope I don't get a negative score. Damn it, man. <laughs> exactly. He's, uh, the, the, the data bot will prove if he is Usher if he comes back with a negative remark about what we all yeah. said about T-Pain. If anybody watches This Is yeah. Pop on Netflix, you understand. Yeah. Should yeah. be in favor of Autotune. And with Scans him. Like, you think? Sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. I got nothing else. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully T-Pain sends us the checks. You know? I, I was going to say, the robot should agree with Autotune. I mean, it's it's kind of yeah, its thing. Yeah. Uh, well, let's find out what the robot has to say. Oh, boy. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, Miho, it's giving you a negative 19. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Alex, it's giving you a negative 2. Oh, boy. Uh, Matt, I'm sorry. Uh, it's giving you a negative 20. <laughs> this what robot is well, in a I, really... I already, I already called it a communist. I called it Usher. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're forming a clear picture of its preferences. The best of masturbators continues next, right here on San Antonio's News Talk Station, 550 KTSA and FM 1071. This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSA and FM 1071. This is the best of Master Debaters, and this week... We're taking a look at some of the highlights and lowlights of some recent debates we've had on the show. A story that illustrates why it may be a good idea to change all your passwords after a bad breakup. A jilted woman hijacked her ex-boyfriend's Alexa voice assistant for more than 100 miles away and used it to turn the lights on and off and to tell his new girlfriend to get out of his house. There's actually no law against that, but there is against posting naked pictures of your ex online, and that is what 46-year-old Philippa Copleston Warren pleaded guilty to. The new girlfriend fled. That's correspondent Vicki Barker. So what's your biggest fear in a situation like this? Your private info getting out, your ex still having access to all your stuff, your new boo scurrying off, or maybe something else. We're going to start with Roman, 30 seconds. Well, I think in a in a, in a breakup situation, you, you're, you're used to be concerned about stalking or, you know, maybe getting stabbed in a random parking lot. But now with technology, yeah, they can uh, drain your bank account, you know, not, not not that I would ever trust to send nude photos to someone because you just never know. Uh, you could get a hacker, and, and if I do get one, they put out there on the internet. You know, you're welcome, world. There you go. But um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think my worst fear would be just my personal information and my junk being put out there for the world to see. 
Cisco. Not that I'm not proud of it, but you know. <laughs> Cisco, what say you? Thirty seconds. Uh, my worry is, I mean, if me and my wife broke up, we share passwords, and then the whole world would know what my OnlyFans password is. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it, it, seriously, you know, if if anybody out there, you know. Uh, you've got to be responsible for for your, that personal information, and if you end up sharing it or you give somebody uh, that you don't know all that well all that information, it's kind of on you. Um, you know, you're responsible for that sort of information nowadays, and you got to be responsible about it. So protect your own stuff, have your own passwords. And Matt Napolitano, your thirty seconds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're sharing any kind of passwords at this point, you're way too far into the relationship, and it's definitely just going to delve somewhere that you just don't want it to go. You know, change up your passwords when you break up with people. You know, make sure they're off any other kind of accounts. Do what you got to do because, unfortunately, some people take things a step too far like this, and it ends up driving people away. Who knows? You could have ended up with this woman dating her for a while, getting engaged, whatever it may be, and now you just scared her off because she thinks that there's a poltergeist in the house because she hacked the Alexa. It's, it's, a, it's a step too far, but you've know, you got to be wise about this stuff in this day and age. All right, Alex. So the question was, what was their biggest fears in this situation? What points want to give out? Zero to 20. Ooh. Um, zero to 20. I give uh, Cisco 15, Matt 15, and Roman 15. All right, and uh, I think uh, uh, Cisco should get some brownie points for admitting that he has an OnlyFans account. Closing arguments on Master Debaters. So this is where it all gets decided in a four-minute melee. I'm going to present a topic, and our three debaters will hash out amongst themselves for a whole four minutes. No more, no less. Four minutes. At the sound of the final buzzer, our judge will give each combatant up to 100 points or even take away up to 100 points. The person with the fewest points right now will get a 15-second head start, and then everyone else can join in after the bell has rung. So do you guys want to guess who has the fewest points right now at this very point in the show? Me. Roman Garcia. The correct answer James. is James Pledger. So uh -huh. the topic... A very complicated topic. Which Texas city is the best Texas city? James Pledger gets a 15-second head start. It's a four-minute argument that begins right now. Oh, that is simple for me. It's San Antonio, Texas. I grew up in Houston. I lived in Houston. While the city life and urban area is great, I also grew up in the country in Canyon Lake when I was about midway through sixth grade. So I've gotten to experience both and San Antonio takes the best parts of the country and the hill country like Canyon Lake and some of the better parts of Houston and the city aspect of life without all the overpopulation and crowded and horrible traffic and just bad people that live in the city that will frustrate you to no end. And it, throws all those away and keeps all the really good aspects of it. So I think, I think it depends, I think it depends what we're talking about. Best of both worlds. Yeah. Cause if we're talking about, you know, uh, best city for tacos, San Antonio, if we're talking about best city for easy traffic, we're talking about Amarillo. If we're talking about <laughs> best city to, uh, to use drugs, uh, okay, we're talking Dallas, uh, Austin, you know, 
As somebody who was who was born in Dallas, I've lived in San Antonio, lived in Austin, lived in Houston, lived in Tyler, lived in Longview. I've been all over the state, and I'm currently living in Shreveport, Louisiana. It doesn't matter which city in Texas. They're all better than freaking Shreveport, Louisiana. You, you guys true. are spoiled. You're spoiled right now. You no income taxes. You're like, oh, which Texas city is the best? Come on, man. That's like saying which flavor of Ben and Jerry's is the best. No, they're all great. Which, I'm sorry. I messed that up which flavor of blue belt is the best they're yeah, all yeah, the yeah, thank you ben and jerry's a bunch of commies commies. it's all about blue bell which is now listeria free and we love it baby all i have to say for san antonio the one thing i do hate is that they don't let you blend into a lane in traffic they would rather drive you into a cement wall than let you <laughs> blend over and get, I mean, they, they would rather you just die like, you know what? Don't you dare come into my lane as if they own it. You start to put your blinker on, people will speed up to block you from getting yes. over in the lane. That's what I do not understand about San Antonio. What is that all about? And you know what? Because they're closest. Here's it's the worst thing, though. The traffic's worse in Houston because not only will they speed up to cut you off, they're going to speed up to get even with you, shoot you so that you crash and die, <laughs> and then pull in front of you. So it's even worse in Houston, trust and, me. And, and, the, and the, the thing with Austin... locked blank show, if you yeah, know what we, I mean. We, like, yeah, we, we, Austin has and, a horrible traffic infrastructure. I was in Amarillo the other day, and I was amazed how light the traffic was. Like, it was nice. Like, I could have taken a nap and just whatever, you know, and I don't even have a Tesla. Like, I just was going to nap on the highway, you know. And then, but then you go to Austin, you couldn't blend if you wanted to because that traffic doesn't move. It's like it's a constant evacuation of the city 24-7. Like, Godzilla is attacking and everyone's trying to just flee. And the, the, like the, the during a hurricane evacuation. <laughs> you guys are yeah. still you're still spoiled because you cross that border from Texas into Louisiana, and your car starts sound, start sounding like the drum solo from In the Air tonight by Phil Collins. It's <laughs> not, not, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. The reason why people don't want to let you merge to San Antonio is because you're so close to the the highway that has the fastest speed limit in the country, 85 miles an hour. If as long as you've got that sticker on your windshield, nice. you nice. are good to go. So, Again. Okay, now that what I wish we had here that that you do have Louisiana is the uh, some good boudin because I didn't know what that was when I first went to boudin. Someone said you want some boudin. I thought yeah. they were offering me sex, and so uh, <laughs> once I tried it though, it was delicious. If you were in New Orleans, they may have. <laughs> yeah, do they even have that yeah. in Shreveport? What's that? Do they even have that in Shreveport? Boudin? Oh heck yeah! They, or, we got or, we got some Cajun transplants up here. <laughs> well, oh yeah. yeah One of my favorite Cajun treats is etouffee, which you can't get a very good crawfish etouffee down here either. Yeah, I, I yeah, could I could remember uh, what what was in uh, if that was in Shreveport or not. But uh, speaking of traffic, you know, traffic's usually not an issue in Shreveport, but that's for a different reason than. Uh, <laughs> It is. It's just it's all heading west. <laughs> Once you get the Wascom, it's uh, you know. Free run there. All right. Uh, our judge, Don Cooper, uh, what scores do you want to give those arguments? Negative 100 to 100. Negative 100 to 100. They were all great. They were all great. I have to admit, but I think I've came to a final, a final selection on those. I got to give, I got to give James at least a 25 only, only because it was just too easy to mention San Antonio. It was too easy. So I get, mm-hmm. I got to give James. 
25. <laughs> we'll give Stephen. We'll give Stephen. The only reason why I'm giving Stephen a 50 because he he brought up he brought up the the drug content basically in, in the conversation as far as that. And he kept talking about Louisiana. So I I, I got to mm. give it to Roman. I can relate. I, I got to give Roman mm-hmm. a, a complete 100 points. 100 points about these people that get on the fast lane and they're driving 25 miles an hour and they got their blinker like get out of my way get into the other lane i want i got it i got to move i got to move get off got to blend man right go somewhere else and sightsee <laughs> <laughs> the best of masturbators continues next right here at san antonio's news talk station 550 ktsa and fm 1071 from 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. This is the best of Master Debaters, where we take a look back at some of the more peculiar arguments we've had on the show. Mm-hmm. Mumbling men reportedly drive women wild. A new study from the American Institute of Physics says that males who speak less clearly or mumble are more attractive to the opposite sex because it's identified with masculinity. However, men find precise pronunciation alluring because it signifies femininity. This study is published in the Journal of the Acoustical Society of America, and scientists say it backs up many evolutionary theories. I'm Mark Mayfield. All right, we're going to start with Matt Ryan. Yay or nay on that argument? 30 seconds. Well, you know, I'm not really sure how to actually answer this question um, (laughs) because I like to uh, speak very loudly and very clearly. But um, to anybody out there who of the female persuasion uh, in the San Antonio radio market, I will mumble for you. Um, I will I will speak very slowly and very softly to indicate the fact that I am a big, strong man, a big, strong muscle boy. Please, please, David, (laughs) please, for the love of God. Cold in these streets. Rudy, do you agree with that whole theory? 30 seconds. I don't want anybody from the acoustical science studies, wherever the heck you said, telling me how to get women. Okay? Like, if your school or wherever you're from has that name, you didn't get many women, period. So why would I listen to you on how to get a woman? Whether I'm mumbling or speaking loud, I won't be taking advice from you guys. So I think nothing of what they said. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to speak clearly. It's done well for me over these forty four years. Alex, you're a lady. Do, does mumbling work? Thirty seconds. I think there is something to be said for mumbling because anytime you can't clearly understand something a man is saying to you, that's a bonus points for the man. I feel like usually like the real reason I get upset at men is because I've understood something they were trying to say to me that they thought was a good thing to say. And I'm like, oh, oh, you were saying that. So this mumbling, I think, is a good point. I do also wonder, though, if the acoustical society, as Rudy was saying, is trying to like set up other men for failure if their whole scheme is like, let's just get all men to mumble and then we'll swoop in. (laughs) Like, I think that could be a valid idea. Okay, Isaac, what scores you want to give 0 to 20 for those arguments? Okay, uh, starting with Matt. That, that was hilarious, but you, you didn't even start to answer the question or, or even build a theory about it. You just, you just tried to use your presence on a radio show to get laid. So, you know, one point. Uh, what are we Ruth- doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
that's what you did, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just asking, if that's not the reason, why are we here? <laughs> we play to win the game. <laughs> I don't know what game you're playing, Chief. <laughs> Rudy, I, I'm interested in, in your basis for skepticism, that somebody who works for an acoustic, acoustical science study probably isn't getting laid a lot. Um, you know, I, it, it rings true to me, but I'd, I'd like some more data to back it up. I'll give you, I'll give you ten points. That's fair. All right, Alexandra, I I love that you've combined both, uh, you know, the fact that mumbling might work for you because you know lessens the chances of you hearing something terrible, and a conspiracy theory, which is always great on this show. So I'll give you, I'll give you thirteen points, and and I think I do. I find your theory credible that the acoustical society is trying to get everyone else to mumble. Yeah. Hmm. Great answer. Uh, you guys want to guess who has the fewest points at this current point of the show? I bet it's me. Yeah, Alex got that zero, so I'm going to say Alex. Uh, Matt Ryan, you want to guess? It's either me or Alex. It's Alex. So uh, have you added it all up? All of your streaming services and gadgets cost the average family $273 a month. Now, it is worth noting these subscriptions include home Wi-Fi or TV providers or stuff like that. But it's important to consider that when companies like Disney and HBO and Apple and Dropbox and all these others are asking us to join their subscription services, they are increasingly going up against how much we are all spending every month. That's CNET Editor-at-Large, Ian Schur. Now, I believe that number includes uh, more than just your typical streaming services. It's all the other subscription things you pay for. But the question to wrap up the show today, there are a million streaming services out there. So I want your list of the best and the worst streaming services. Let's say a top and bottom three. We'll start with Alex. It's a four minute argument. You get a 15 second head start, which begins right now. Ooh, I would say the best streaming services are the ones where I've gotten my friend's dad's uh, uncle's password that's allowed me to like have complete and total access to you know their Netflix. I don't care if I have to sign on as like Carl or whatever. All the ones that I can download for free. Uh, well, yeah, of no course, things. free free is perfect. But you know what? Tubi is the best service. Uh, one of the best services. You know why? Because it airs Catalyst Wrestling. That's right, my professional wrestling company. You can watch it an entire season for free ninety nine. But also, you got to take a look at HBO Go. You have the Wire, you have The Sopranos, Many Saints of Newark, Boardwalk Empire, and then also all two of the Sex in the City movies. So if you want to feel like a Samantha or an Omar or a Silvio, you have all of those options and then maybe a Batman movie. And then you take a look at some of the other places. Netflix obviously is one of those big yeah. ones. But ESPN Plus, you have the 1986 Mets documentary. You have the ability to watch fights. And also, you know what, a, an occasional pie fight. But let's go back to Tubi because Tubi has Catalyst Wrestling. Once again, I will say Catalyst Wrestling absolutely for free. It's a Fox-owned platform, so Maddie Naps may get a little bit on the back end there so it supports everybody not necessarily alex but you know what she gets what's coming to her yeah, in the Washington post, everyone in the Washington post. What, what, what's the advertising uh rate here on this channel i must ask what how much does ktsa cost for 30 second ads because i think you would just cover the yeah. right there um but that being said I, i'm just personally partial to 
I'm personally partial to foxnewspodcast.com, which offers their own streaming service, including the Fox Top 5 you can listen to. You can catch me on that every once in a while. If we're going to do shameless plugs, let's do shameless plugs. That being said, i gotta go. I got to go with the basic ones. I love it a good Netflix. I love a good Hulu. If there's one thing I need after a long day of having to deal with whatever's going on in the news, whatever's going on in this crazy world, I need stupid stuff. I can't tell you how many times I go to sleep at night watching the Golden Girls. I can't tell you how many times I throw on an episode of Nailed It and just laugh myself silly watching people trying to bake cakes. I need those <laughs> streaming services in my life just to get me by day to day. And yeah, I'll go with HBO Max too because also HBO Max is an incredible new show which I highly recommend called The Prince. It's a cartoon show based on the life of Prince George and it takes a look at the royal family in such a hilarious way. So big recommend on that. But I would say definitely Netflix, although now that Netflix has taken Hannibal off, which is all that I watched during the pandemic, I just watched it four times on loop. I just discovered that I wanted to learn how to cook and play classical music. I feel like it's just aspirational lifestyle stuff. Yes, there is cannibalism, but mostly just aspirational <laughs> lifestyle and comedy. Now that they've taken it off, I have to get, take away some points. I think, you know, check in, maybe see what Amazon Studios has. Although, but has Amazon Netflix really become anything else but the repository of... Of, of of other television shows as you see these other companies really taking over you see peacock paramount plus hbo max you're seeing all these other platforms delineated out there netflix has really become just a a middle ground it's not even with limited exception for comedy specials hasn't really taken anything and also with dave Chappelle having his last special on the platform and a eight figure deal potentially on the table from other platforms netflix is really left in a lurch here i don't even know if it's in the top three anymore we'll say this you know if you have an apple tv or some kind of way of monitoring your billing with everything going on i think there needs to be like a responsibility upon like your credit card companies or some kind of app to be able to alert you to what is going on because how many times do people sign up for a free trial for something uh be it like amc plus or whatever it may be and then all of a sudden it's like wait where'd that ten dollars just get deducted from my bank account why why is this twenty dollars gone you know there's got to be some sort of way of raising a better red alert when it comes to that time of the month and knowing whether or not you want to get rid of that service and also, if you I want to talk about the three worst for three months, and I only because I can't stop it. Okay, so the question was your list of top or best and worst streaming services. So just a quick recap, uh, Alex, your let's say top three streaming services are uh, Netflix, uh, Paramount Plus, and. Of course, HBO Max. Okay. Matt Napolitano, <laughs> your top three. Uh, it's Netflix, um, Hulu, and I will go HBO Max. And Matt Ryan? Uh, that would be Tubi and ESPN Plus and HBO Max. And then also the worst streaming services, um, or least valuable, however you want to determine that, Alex, you'd be one or two, doesn't matter. Oh, I would say Tubi. I just don't like the interface, man. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I don't know. The one is where you're like staying at like an Airbnb and it's the one that comes preloaded on the TV and you can't turn it off Oku. and it doesn't have any channels you like. That one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm with that one. Roku. Absolutely. Okay. That's for that exact same reason. And then Matt Ryan. Uh, let's see. Uh, Peacock, the OTB streaming service. And also the one that I watched the Canadian Curling League on, which has an umlaut in it and is impossible to search for. Umlaut. OTB streaming service? <laughs> He's so down I, with OTB. I told you there you are know him. millions of them out there. 
Uh, now, before I go to Travis, one point of note, uh, Matt Ryan, you were saying uh, that Netflix doesn't, that they don't have any new original content. Um, just a point of clarification, Netflix is spending hundreds of millions of dollars producing feature films. So, Yeah, I just meant like television shows okay. in terms of like television streaming. Okay, and they have the whole House of Cards thing. But uh, Travis, uh, what scores? That got canceled. That was years ago. That was years ago. Right, but I'm, I'm saying that yeah, it's, not, it's not like it's, they haven't done anything, but Travis... Uh, and I'm not a Netflix fan. I don't really care for Netflix. But Travis, what scores do you want to give each of our debaters? Negative 100 to 100. That was a lot of listening. Yeah. I'm keeping up with these guys. Um, <laughs> now I'm going to have to give Matt Ryan 80 for this one. He did a great job. He had quite the plug for his own uh, network there. Um, listed at least three good ones. Nobody listed three bad ones during the debate at all, actually. Just parts of ones that they didn't like. Um, we give him an 80. Matt Napolitano, we're going to give you... Oh, man. We'll give you a 70. And Alex, I really like the creativity of the free. Uh, I think we all share our passwords with our families. Maybe not. Um, but I'm going to give you a 70 as well. That's it for this Best of Master Debaters. Make sure to join us each weekend to hear what our debaters have to say about the latest news topics and things they never really thought were really ever up for debate. Be sure to join us on social media at Master Debaters and check out all of our recent episodes on the Master Debaters page of KTSA.com. For all of us here at Master Debaters, I'm Dennis Fulby, and this has been Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. San Antonio's home for news and talk, on air, online, and on demand. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.